Welcome to Tea with Culture. My name is Hilma Zaina, and in this episode, I have a guest, uh, Imtisham Giado, who is a motoring journalist and a part-time cinephile, he calls himself. I think no one's part-time cinephile. You're 100% Full-time cinephile, if I can, can <laughs> and, say that. And he's joining me to talk about the new Aladdin movie. It's the greatest movie ever made, Hind. <laughs> it's... It's what we've all been waiting for as children of the 90s. Children of the 90s were waiting for the Guy Ritchie version of Aladdin. We, we didn't know it, but the Guy Ritchie version would arrive one day and it would be obviously superior. Tell me, when, when and how did you first see Aladdin? So Aladdin, I saw it in the cinema. Nasser Cinema, so... The one cinema. The one cinema at the time that we all went to see everything, regardless of what was being shown, and those were good and happy days. And, uh, yeah. That would be what year? So ni- Now, the movie on IMDb says November 92, so I don't know now if it was I don't released. think Dubai would have been 92. Yeah, so I'm thinking it? 93. Like, I think it would have come to us in 93. Did, what was the schedule like? Because you remember better than I do these things. How, what, did they release movies through the year, or was it like an Eid thing? What no, was it, it like? was, I mean... There was or just Alatul? There was movies all year, and a movie will stay in the cinema one As week. Long yeah, as it, it? so it wasn't kind of multiple films screening at a time, right? I mean... When just, did you see it, and where? Well, it's, the question I asked is how, because at that time, my, my parents were like, go to the movies? What are you, made of money? Um, we didn't go to the movies. We, we were not a cinema family. We just didn't, because we were like, well, it'll be five dirhams when we go to our local video shop in six months or whatever. So I can remember seeing it in 93. And at the time, I think I saw a picture of the tra- uh, a, a, a trailer. Oh, not a trailer, actually. It was a picture in the comic book. Okay, of the, that, of the, the Disney, poster, yes. Aladdin. And I was like, I just saw the script Aladdin. I thought, oh, something about the Middle East. That sounds interesting. And then when the movie actually came out, I think we was on TVs, on Star TV maybe. We saw a couple of trailers and things. And the first thing I remember seeing was the CGI with the Cave of Wonders and the magic carpet ride through there. And to a 12-year-old, I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, I was used to like traditional Disney animation. I loved the sort of sumptuous, hand-drawn elegance. But then this was something new. Like, this was just something that you couldn't really explain because we, Jurassic Park was yet to happen. That's you know? right. It was T2 before. was still getting that whole glossy, shiny CGI feel. So when we finally saw Aladdin, it was through a tape that we purchased from Mansoor Video for the princely sum, I think, of... 25 dirhams for somebody's birthday it might have been mine might have been my brother's but we bought the cassette and it was the usual Mansoor quality video rip you know cam (laughs) film but I remember watching that movie first time and then straight away we all knew this is going to be one of those tapes that we never threw away you know so how many times so was it something that you would see frequently as you know as often as as humanly possible yeah That was like in the top five of tapes in the house. Yeah. So I, my experience with Aladdin is as an adult. I was in my 20s when that came out. And, and I don't... Re- jaded in your Jaded, 20s. jaded in my 20s. But I don't recall kind of associating or feeling this, oh, something representing the Middle East. I don't know. I mean, I just went in... Jaded. Uh, <laughs> so jaded. But totally loved the Robin Williams, uh, you know, uh, genie. You know, it was, I mean, I know it sounds stereotypical, but when we saw it, it was sand dunes and Arabian nights. And it, I don't know, I know at the time it's pretty controversial, the depiction of Arabs and uh, pop culture that movie espoused, but 
when I saw it, it was just nice to see something uh, that made Arabs the heroes in the Middle East a fun place to be, you know. I know all that cut off your nose to spite your face stuff, but I didn't notice it. I still probably have that tape somewhere with the original version of the Mencken song that is now, I think, very much lost. I think you can probably find it on YouTube if you look hard enough, the original version. Without of the, the edited, without uh, the barbaric cut your hand. Uh, and at the time barbaric. I thought, okay, you know, oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't offensive, but I was 12. I mean, fine. I'm, we're used to Hollywood mm. uh, stere- uh, stereotyping Arabs, and it was just another one. And I'm, I don't remember how offended I was, but I watched it. I totally remember the songs. Fun? Totally fun. Like I said, Robin Williams, Genie, is one of the best characters uh, in, in Disney I films. I haven't seen anything like it. Exactly. I mean, it, it totally looked different. It was very dazzling. And I revisited it actually just before recording this episode and yes it's still like it's I love the colors you know, you the characters you up at any, any time in your life whether you're really down sad up left right whatever you can just put on Aladdin that's and true. be transported no you you are yes you are transported uh, to a place that doesn't quite exist <laughs> that's true it, it doesn't exist it's at not all <laughs> it doesn't even exist in the world of Disney you know I had a very interesting thing from a friend of mine who said that Jasmine is a very poor feminist in that movie and has no agency of her own. And I thought, I never thought of that way. I don't know if she's right or wrong. It's an opinion. But I never found thought of Jasmine as weak in any way. But by modern standards, maybe you would because she kind of just follows everybody's lead. Well, no. Uh, she, for example, the whole she has to marry someone and she's resisting that and she wanted to run away. So I think she, there was agency. And, and this is a, But it was all in like a relation to other men, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, she wanted to explore the world, right? So remember when her the in in the a whole new world, a whole new world. Well, that's when Aladdin comes as Prince yeah. Ali, and now he's introducing her to a whole you know new what world. I remember about Jasmine again, and I always be interested in strong feminine characters. I think somebody asked me, "What's your favorite '80s action hero?" And I'm going to say Ripley. Yes, why not? I mean, I think that the presumption there is male. I don't think it has to be. No, it doesn't. But Jasmine struck me as super sassy. She, I mean, I don't. Do you remember the drawing? She looked like extremely sexy. You know, there's a lot of skin. Uh, and yeah, it, but as a twelve-year-old, I wasn't <laughs> sexualized. Like as a nearly forty-year-old, I don't think I'm sexualized either. It's all been a bit bad. But I do think that she was very strong and that she was not taking no crap from nobody, least of all Aladdin. No, that's true. So like I said, when I was just reminded of the fact that she wasn't just sitting there waiting for the prince to uh, get married and live happily ever after. She was trying to find... Uh, she was definitely refusing, you know, whatever uh, I guess proposals the, 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 were coming the, to her. Within the time, this was what they could get away with. So what do you think of 19 Aladdin's take on feminism? On nine, sorry, say that again? On the 19... Aladdin. Oh, the 2019. 2019. I call it 19. Because <laughs> 2019 makes it sound like we're Blade Runner. So when the new one came out, I went to see it. Like, w- there were a couple of images that were shown online, you know, film stills, and then there was a clip shown. And I, when I watched them, I was immediately disappointed. And I, I was... Very judgy. <laughs> I, totally. Uh, and it just looked flat. It looked dull. And... I'm like, oh my God, what have they done? And again, it's really hard not to watch the Guy Ritchie one without thinking of the original Aladdin, right? So I went in to see the movie with extremely low expectations and throughout the whole 
time, I was like, this is, there's no joy in watching this. Not every, it's not an, an, a complete um, copy of the original. There are changes. And there is like this... Ex- is it a film that needed to be made? No. I, and that was one of the questions that crossed my mind the entire time. Uh, like, why is this made? Is this necessary? Who needs this? Bottom who, line. Who asked for this, right? A Disney ride somewhere <laughs> that needs to be made. But it, that's it. There's just visually, it just, to me, was extremely dull. I did not find it funny at Do you all. Find it dull because okay, one of the things about the original Aladdin that I really like is the rush of color. I love color. I love gold in movies. I love gold because I, I painted my car gold. And when I look at Aladdin, that's a beautiful, lustrous gold. Like the way they can tell the difference between the sand, the cave of wonders, the slight subtle tinges on the palace, all of that stuff. And then notice how that's leached away the moment the sultan or the vizier becomes, you know, the evil sorcerer and everything goes this very dark blood red and his colors. Yes, we're talking and about the animation, right? We're talking about that. Yes. We really don't talk about 19 Aladdin that much. But there was the color palette represents the mood of the film. Totally. When Robin Williams turns up, the whole thing goes very blue. Yes. And it's subtle, but everything goes it, blue it, very quietly. Yes. And then when the vizier is in charge, it's... There's, very, very it's dark red and, and orange and yeah, there's this kind of like uh, flames. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, but the new one is just very flat. The new it, one has all those colors <laughs> all the time. But just and but not that's it. There's no the it lacks the dazzle dazzlement. You know, the Cape of Wonders was really small. <laughs> was it like an itty bitty? Because in the cartoon, yeah. I call it that. In the original Aladdin, the, the Cave of Wonders, he looked like it was a journey for Aladdin. That's right, like, you know, exactly. He swooped through yes, canyons, yeah. he was walking for a while. And, and, that's and here I it feels like he fell down a hole, looked up, and there was the... <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the lamp. Which is why I think with animation, there's so much more that can be said and expressed because, you know, and, and the danger, and you feel the, the tension and the and thrills. And Abu was something that worked in animation, not necessarily in live action. Oh, totally. I mean... The, it doesn't matter, Iago, what a disappointment. No, I mean, yeah, no, just... just I don't know why they didn't just get Gilbert Gottfried back to do it <laughs> to again. To do the voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I thought, commit, for God's sake. Either he talks or he doesn't talk. Yes, yeah, no, because, again, revisiting the animation, it's like, oh, my God, it's sassy, it's funny, the lines are great. Oh, I loved Iago. And, and, and this one... He was fed up. I felt that as a child, as I was like a small Jewish man. I was just fed up of everything. And I felt like, yeah, well, like You why? related to him? You I related <laughs> to him. I was just like, I'm molting, I'm molting. I, go, I never saw that before in a cartoon where the character was sick of being in a cartoon. <laughs> and that was the great thing because it had that kind of like that dangerous, irrational comedy. And that when Robin came in, it just lit the film up. I don't think there's anything that's weak in the original Aladdin. There's actually nothing I'd complain about. But again, warm haze of nostalgia. But with the new one, it's a lot of half choices. Yes, it. I mean, I was reading uh, a review where it just feels like it's an incomplete film, like it's a rough draft kind of. People are talking <laughs> about a franchise. I'm not even joking. They're talking about doing an Aladdin too. Oh God, no! Please, no, no. Okay, another. Now the original show obviously had a whole bunch of great actors. What did you think of the actors in this one? So Mina Masarud. Looks like the cartoon Aladdin yeah, I mean, in some I, unbelievable I'm way. I'm sure they selected them to make them look as. He really to looks like cartoon Aladdin. Uh, so there's Mina, who's charming and fun, and does he, his best. Yeah, it does his best, and same with Naomi Scott. And you know, both of them are quite delightful. I thought Naomi Scott was a little flat for me. I mean, there's nothing. I'm not criticizing she, her effort, but I don't know if the result was. She, it, it's not. I mean, look, they're worse, right? But no, it, the two of them. I'm not going to fault their charming characters. But Sorry, I'm going to fan plan something here. What? I said this in the cinema when I was watching it. Like, Nassim Pedrad, 
would have been a better Jasmine. You reckon? She had the sass down flat. Like she would have been a great Jasmine because she has that whole like no no no. no. <laughs> she had that whole like you can't do the click thing, but she had that look of like. Mm-mm. And Naomi Scott was a little bit more wistfully looking away, and that's more what I see the original Jasmine. And that's and again comparing the two, where there is there is this forced uh, feminism that's. Is oh, you mean speechless? Yeah. Are you talking <laughs> about song, speechless? speechless. Are, that's, that's, are you referring to speechless? <laughs> the song that literally stopped the. Ay, ay, ay. That kind of that is injected in this film that had to be you know. Because we to, needed a frozen moment. We, we needed a frozen, needed moment. A frozen moment. It totally sounded like a, that song. Oh, it right? stopped the film dead, just yeah. like Frozen. But Frozen pulled it off because the film was built around those themes. This one is kind of... It, just, it was added on, like a, a completely separate uh, addition uh, to the film, which is like, okay, so by playing this song, by making her sing this, we're going to start waving like, oh, she didn't feminism. didn't do much when she, got, when she started <laughs> speaking. She didn't do much. So for me, one of the big disappointments of the 19 Aladdin is Jafar, played by Marwan Kanzari, if I'm pronouncing his name right? Yes. Who doesn't intimidate in the way that the original vizier did. And the original vizier kind of opens the film. That's right, that's how it starts, exactly. It starts on a tall, dark stranger. Yes. Who is... Who's looking for the diamond in the rough. And you get a sense of his sort of, his crazed desire to find the lamp. With the new one... He has two desires. Number one, he wants the lamp, but really he wants to declare war on, I'm going to pronounce this right, Shaharapat, the next door country. Yeah, yeah, he was a total like, war. Where did that come from? Yeah, a total war. Donald uh, Cheney of this. <laughs> no, the original vizier, it was very simple. He just wanted to like get rid of the sultan. That's right. This one was a total warmonger. <laughs> it's, it's a story that didn't need the complication and he does not excel on screen. I'm so sorry to say. I mean, his presence is kind of reedy and thin. I think it was just really one-dimensional. There was no... And he's a bit short, and unfortunately for him. So he gets like... <laughs> the genie towers over him. So one of the tricks that the animated thing could do is change the size of people. So, yeah, the vizier is quite big and Robin is quite wide, but the, the genie can keep on swelling and growing and whatever. And you can't really do that in live action without coming across as ridiculous. So he had to project. There was this one scene where he was, I think, in the dungeon... And I think the Iago comes and gets him out or whatever. But he's just sitting there in full vizier costume. <laughs> as though the prisons of the palace didn't change into like a jumpsuit or something. He was just sitting there and just like, I'm just sitting here dressed like the vizier in the prison. Why? Why would you do that? The original film, obviously, uh, Jafar slips away because he's cleverer than anybody else. Yeah, and he had like tricks, right? Like he would turn into a snake. He was <laughs> just cleverer than everybody else. So you could see that he was a credible villain. There was no way to really beat him because even appealing to his ego or whatever, he was a sharp cookie. This guy, you feel like, yeah, I could take him. I mean, yeah, no, like I the said, conflict I, was poorly. It, it felt really like uh, there wasn't, uh, again, kind of the, the danger. It didn't feel scary. Uh, it just... Said the same about Will Smith, though. We haven't even avoided talking about I know, Smith. who's mostly CGI'd, just his head with a CGI'd body. And I like <laughs> the bits when they went off script and they basically played to Will Smith's strengths. And I almost feel like they wish they had ditched all all the Robin Williams songs and just try to do something that felt like Will Smith. Or just kind of, you know, reinterpret uh, the film if that's what they want to do. Because it's trying to copy the first one, but they're trying to inject kind of something that is, that's modern. And it just felt messy and boring and dull. And Will Smith, that. I don't I know, did, did you, you weren't? I was not bored. I, w- I was 
mildly amused throughout. Really? I wouldn't say I wasn't annoyed. There were a couple. The beginning was so shaky. The bit on the boat and the weird romance, but that kind of sort of worked with Nasim Pedra. Okay. But that bit on the boat when Will Smith starts singing was like so shanty. I was at that point. I was like, oh, this has not started well. This is not a good start. Because I don't. know, Did you laugh at any of the mo- scenes in the film? I didn't laugh at any of the jokes in the movie. <laughs> they were just so unfunny. It's just not funny. But. Just, this is turning into a slam. There must be a positive point. Well, my positive there. is fine. You know, two charming leads. They've got the big roles. Who knows what's in store for them later? In Aladdin 2, 3, and 4. No, please don't. Endgame. No, I... <laughs> Aladdin 4, Endgame. No. You know? Oh, God. If that happens, we need to... But you know it's going to happen. And that goes to my point. Like, you really movie. think there are sequels to this? Well, the, the, the numbers are holding up pretty well. I mean, I know the re- Disney's remaking. So Lion King mm-hmm. is the next one. I don't Are you know. excited for Lion King? No, not at all. I didn't even... I looked at the trailer, I thought, well, this looks exactly the same as the original. Why would I Why? Because to me, it's like, why don't you re-release the originals, you know, if it's watch restore the them, and, you know, give an opportunity for a new generation to watch, the, you know, the original to versions on the big screen. experience it as it was. Uh, on the big screen, right? Like, I feel there's a lot missing out on that. Because I, I'm curious to know, if it's doing well, who's, it, who's going to see it? Is it people from our Nostalgic generation people. who want to revisit? You know what? People... And I guess we are two oddballs in this case. Because I think it's targeted people who need to take their kids somewhere on a Friday night. I mean, that's not a problem I have. So is that because people are our generation now have children and yeah. want to take their children to show them... Watch it and it's a safe bet. <laughs> right. It's a safe bet. You can take your kids. It's a Disney movie. You know, nothing's offensive. It's going to pop up at any yes. point. You know you can take granny as well. Exactly. Everybody pile everybody into the minivan, go down to the local. We, we don't have to worry about anything exactly. uncomfortable or awkward. But it's a safe night out. Yes. We're going to see Aladdin. Okay. At the very least, the kids will like keep quiet for a bit. And I might find something that jogs my memory after all the things I've tried to forget. But when... You can't do that with John Wick 3 Parabellum. <laughs> have you seen Parabellum yet? Yes, I have. And I can't wait to see it again. I, I, I can't see it again. You can't? I can't. This one's a little bit too violent for me in places. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave John Wick for now, although I'm totally happy to get into it, but we'll leave that for another episode. But I do think that Aladdin, I watched it with sort of an idle amusement. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I could watch Aladdin right now. OG I know, Aladdin yeah, right like, now. Like I said, I revisited... Because uh, it's so segmented. Like Each bit, if you pull it out, is a great scene. The yes. one that first genie appearance, first magic carpet. So it's a great scene. It's almost like an act in a comedy. Like everything is small scenes. So even if you don't like the bit, something moves along very quickly. But then it's just Disney in its heyday. The songs. Like everybody my age knows the words to a whole new world. Yes. Why didn't it work? I had a friend next to me. Again, she must have been 28. So she must have been like child like four or five and they all know the songs they're just singing along with the songs and I think that's nice but the original is always there do you know anyone who went to see this that has not seen the animation from 92 no I think everybody is this is the trouble now it's not building new fans it's Mm. targeting specifically old fans and I think that's kind of one of those human centipede moments where we're just eating ourselves so to speak as a culture we need to like Aladdin was new Aladdin is not the original version of the story necessarily and the vizier all of that is all new so it was a whole new take on Aladdin um, the Little Mermaid's take is a whole new I mean the, the golden era I think you call it of Disney animation of Disney animation yes up to when when did that last Pocahontas Tarzan Mulan or does anybody remember Tarzan I don't remember Tarzan Mulan 
Mulan was good. Mulan yeah. was the last decent one. That was like ninety seven or ninety eight. Yeah, so I think around that time. But Mulan, they're doing remakes of Mulan twenty twenty. There is a remake there coming is, up. It's been oh. it's been done right now. Oh wow! Okay, I need to catch up on my uh, Disney remake so news. So here's, <laughs> here's a frightening, depressing thought for you. How long? Now they're doing remakes of twenty year old, thirty year old Disney animations, um, and they're all largely the same criticism, right? That we're having that we're so excited and lit up to talk about our memories of Aladdin, how we got the movie, how we got into it, how we keep it alive. Everybody's dutifully watching. the Aladdin to the tune of a billion dollars whatever but nobody's excited about it how long before there's a live action remake of frozen oh yeah that's untangled that's, yeah that'll probably be zootopia it, it's actually really it'll good. be the cycle that will take we'll place again, in the right? 20 in in 20 years time probably yeah but i mean what what kind of made me um pause for thought about this film is seeing the reviews from this part of the world which has been okay, ecstatic and fawning over it and it is reviewing their childhood uh, and it's just really weird how there's no actual pause and critical assessment about this film and it's just about how it i mean remember when i messaged you saying are we the only two brown people who are not impressed with this film because there's a lot of um, people are giving it a hell of a pass and I, I give it a kind of a pass as well I mean it was fine they're giving it, it a complete pass and basically it can, and, and, and the tone is oh it's uh, I'm giving people to go see it I mean if you if you want to go see it you're not going to be disappointed it's not offensive But but to me it's the oh it represents me it represents Arabs and I'm like why are we clutching See, that's straws? That's something I can't really relate to because but you know when I see that bit in the original movie when they go to the Arabian Nights and they open up over the palace that bit to me was like wow and they do the same shot in the new one I falls completely on its ass and just dies there. because first of all Will Smith bellowing Arabian Nights just dead bellowing you know singing is bellowing it doesn't hit at all and that's because they could only exist the big cymbal crash the drum and Arabian Nights etc that's right yeah it can never they, they, weren't, they weren't able to replicate it and and they, uh, and they tried and it didn't work but i th- i think it's this whole like oh disney got it right this time they didn't you know they they the whole arab stereotypes was done they they because they worked with arabs and they because they hired arab actors and and i thought it's like clutching straws and they mixed bollywood in there exactly so. this it's just this hodgepodge of all influences from the middle east and south asian it's region arab, persian culture is uh, all over the place and, it's very complicated and and to kind of say oh this is disney's done it right now Now, you know they've I done it correct to represent kind of brown people it just feels like it's slim pickings i liked that bit after the credits when they had that dance sequence the final dance sequence where will smith was i yeah no i don't which came out of nowhere i didn't enjoy that i liked it because i thought you know what okay they're taking a different take on it sure why not it's I know. I think by that I, you just checked out. By that time I was like I just want this to end. I went in with very low expectations. And you did not fail to even meet those. No. No 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 no. And I don't know That's was it shame. very harsh or was it like should I have kind of gone in trying to hope that there'll be something positive about it? I think just going what in the model was of Luke Skywalker what you take with you. And I think I'm not averse to these movies. I'm increasingly aware that they're not necessarily for me. They're for people who want to relive their childhoods, and that's not something I want to keep doing till the end of time. I would rather keep watching new and challenging things. Like I don't want to see a live-action version of Little Mermaid. I don't want to see. I mean, it's like 
I always have those if I want to go and see them. But we're, that's what we're going to be getting, and Disney will keep doing it regardless of And because what people our age are not willing to say no, like, are not willing to say stop, show me something new. They're voting with their wallets. And I'm, I mean, when you went to see it, what was the vibe? What was cautious people excited? Or? Oh, people were excited. People were like mega excited. I mean, I, I went to see it on my own. Like, normally I go and the cinema's not busy. I, you buy the entire cinema so you'd be alone. Yeah, yeah. But because I, I think you went for the, was it the premiere? It was the premiere. It was a special and screening, right? It was a premiere for VW. Thank you, Volkswagen. Um, but I don't know <laughs> what Volkswagen has to do with... Exactly. That's such a weird connection. But they put a car outside with the... You're joking. Paper mache cave of wonders inside. You're joking. I mean, like, why not, right? And there was a little <laughs> lamp all the way in. It was, it was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. They made the effort. <laughs> They're marketing the, the Terramon to um, families like a lot. And then well, they'll buy VW after watching it? Why not? Why not? But it's working. Look, it is working. Is it? I don't know if you've seen... Yeah, because any association... This is people's culture now, so any association is a good association. If the movie does well, it... Look how much Dodge has been profitable in Fast and the Furious. There's a thing going around right now on social for Dungeons and Dragons. Have you seen it? No. Do you remember the Dungeons and Dragons animated series of the 80s? Yes. All right. It was... Uh, so, didn't know this. Apparently, it was huge in Brazil. Like, gigantic. And Renault has made an ad finishing the series. A live-action version. You have to see it, him. <laughs> It is. And I'm not saying this in a joke way. It is. I wish I could swear. Freaking awesome. Like, it is one and a half minutes of my life. I've watched it 20 times. And I kept telling everybody, they should make a live action series of it. Because they nail. In the way that Aladdin, which feels like a thousand CEOs and thousand notes. And we got Will Smith. And we just didn't try to get it right. We just tried to make it all pushed out the door. Put the name on it. And then <laughs> chart it off in our like, balance sheet and our P&L. But Dungeons and Dragons was made by somebody. This anime for the Renault Quid, it's a Brazilian market youth car. The care and attention in this ad is unbelievable. It's made by somebody who had affection for the series, who wanted to finish it, uh, and also wanted to sell cars. But bizarrely, it doesn't feel out of place. So everybody who's watched that is raving about it. And I think you have to have people care about the product. To make. So speaking That's about people who care about the product then, so Guy Ritchie as a director, like what was, I didn't no even place. realize, no place I didn't even realize it was Guy Ritchie directing it till a few days before going watching it. I mean, I really was not following kind of this, this journey. Of this is the nadir of Guy Ritchie's career. The absolute <laughs> nadir. What was the last Guy Ritchie film you watched? King then? Arthur. Uh, I the previous watch, nadir. Was it, <laughs> of his so career. he's making nadirs that after nadirs. Was the most dreadful film I've seen in a while. I fell asleep three times. It was a legitimate effort to get through it. Have you not seen it? It's no, I didn't, get a, I didn't get a chance to see it. It has the speed ramping and the cockney dialogue and then <laughs> the weird Game of Thrones' violence and sexuality all have been there and all of it was just so like mishmashed together. But it had a... One thing nice about it, it had some nice music. It had a very interesting musical influence. It was clearly Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. But this had, didn't have Guy Ritchie film this at all. This had no Guy Ritchie touch at all. Like, I was waiting. If anything, I was like, okay, is there a Guy Ritchie touch? Maybe that could kind of save the day for me. Anything. And, uh, but it wasn't. But it was then a paycheck I, movie. But someone, uh, another review I read said, look, it's really not that far off. The movie's about a con artist. 
Yeah, but that's like saying there's 60 degree separation. So again, so again, it's like almost like uh, you know clutching at straws here to kind of say why it's valid that Guy Ritchie made a movie. No, Guy Ritchie needed to make a movie that made some money for a change because he's clearly been playing. But I'm curious. I mean, it was a complete. You know, he's an auteur. Like his movies are a very specific style. That's right. But then how did this gig happen? Like, what was he needed? He was affordable after King Arthur. <laughs> and he needed to do something quick that made money. Because I've not seen any. And he'll deliver it. You know, not, he'll deliver it. I've not seen any interview. Have you read any interviews I'll with him about this film? Avoid any mention of Guy Ritchie because he's another strange character. I, but mean, I have no idea if he has anything else coming up, but if it's just a strange uh, choice and no Guy Ritchie. Do you remember Lockstock? You remember Lockstock? Yes, I do. I mean, it was Is a while there ago. But anything in Aladdin? That reminds you of the rawness and the no. light. You know what Lockstock felt, watching Lockstock felt like? Like holding live electric cables in Yeah, your yeah. Because no. you had no idea what was going to happen. But the characters were indelible. I can remember almost every scene from that movie. And that had a movie where Jason Statham was not the major build actor, but was funny as hell. Everybody, Sting was in it. You know, that movie, I can, again, pull that movie up and watch it any old time. More than any of the ones that follow, like other, Snatch, which, yes. are, which is a little more contrived. Yeah. That's um, pure Richie. But Aladdin. Yeah. Is anybody could have done it. James Mangold could have done well, it. Well, that's it, right? You kind of direct by, directing by numbers. Almost, I, yeah. It's almost like directed it's so by flat. Disney. I mean, <laughs> it's so flat, the compositions. There's none of that sense. Like, if you look at Guy Ritchie's movies, the camera really moves around. I mean, as a musical, all these were like, like pretty much simple no, A B it, shots in the entire totally. time. Totally, and these musical numbers where there's no utter disaster, uh, no sense of like, movement. Yeah, and you know why is Guy Ritchie directing a musical? And what's a good movie <laughs> with a musical? What's a good musical that felt like a musical? Where the camera really swooped and spun. New ones, like contemporary films. I can't think of any. I think Hail Caesar actually had some great musical numbers. Because as okay, usual, the, Co- the Coen brothers could do a great job with a musical number if they wanted to. Yes, thanks for reminding me of that one. Yeah, that's true. I need I to mean, think. You like, probably have Damien Chazelle and La La Land. I, I didn't enjoy La La Land. So I think, I don't know if I'm one of the few. Oh, no, no, no I'm country. with you on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was not something I uh, enjoyed. But like, it was a very energetic performance. It was better than this. Because this one, I mean, Will fair. Smith... Yeah, no, that's a fair stagiest, comment. Stagiest desert I've ever seen. I mean, they went to Jordan. You'd never know. Well, that's right. Apart, I mean, you know what? Maybe one so of the night lit. scenes was like nice visually to look at, kind of the desert uh, night yeah. scene. But I, I mean, most of it was on, on a studio lot, right? So you can tell it was... Yeah. I don't know. I, I at one point I thought this shot. was like a made-for-TV. This is this looks like one of those Ramadan ads we see on TV. I might think more production And it's, it's crazy when you think of things like an Endgame now, and you look at how much the behind-the-scenes stuff. Now, one of the things I like to look at is behind-the-scenes photographs. This is very sad. It explains a lot why I'm alone. But I like <laughs> looking at photographs of behind-the-scenes. So did you see any behind-the-scenes for Aladdin? You do for Aladdin. They're all just on sets. Endgame is very similar. They're all standing on these paper machine with, with green, uh... with green, and it's like, oh, there's like some rebar, and oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah, there's a toilet right behind them. You know, I mean, there's no sense of danger. That's right. You watch John Wick, and you're like very aware yeah, yes, they shot in, in real places. Location. They are getting the the Jesus beat out of That's them. That's right. Yeah. You get that sense from any number of movies that you watch now that are actually made properly, that they're actually going to those places. Back to the Future. I mean, that was a lot, largely a lot of sets, although I've been to most of the locations of that movie, but the main Hill Valley set, which the tour still runs through, is a very convincing small town set. 
So those are like big open air properly lit. Here's another thing as well. There's not a drop of natural light in the ladder. Oh my god, absolutely not. Which is why I think it has this really flat look to it. The yeah. color, this is the uh, the level of dullness in t- in the entire film. So and the that's costumes why, are popping. Uh, that, that's why I was. I'm like, there's nothing that's engaging me visually, <laughs> emotionally, uh, just And then zero. you're just being dragged along. Yeah, and you're just waiting, when will this the... end? And this was, what, half an hour even longer than the original? So, like, you know, they've kind of... But not really expanded in a particularly good way. Exactly, there's nothing Come on, added to it. Come there's something you liked about it. Something positive to say. I... To the, I... For the billion people are going to, like, vote with their box now. I can't, honestly. Look, I mean, my sister really wants to see it, and I said, go see it, but I really didn't like it. So I'm not going to tell anyone, don't go see it, but just really don't expect anything. I would say people go see it. I mean, it's exactly what you expect it to be from the modern Disney farm. Like, none of the new live-action movies have any sense of... Who directed Aladdin? Was it Muscat's Clamour? Who, uh, who directed the original Aladdin? Because I've never heard of the director as much as I do with the new ones like Frozen and things like that, they're much more important that uh, a woman is in front of those movies. I think it should be. So Rob Clements and John Musker, you're right, referring so Musker, to, yeah. yeah. But nobody talks in those halcyon days of who directed those movies. They talk about the stars. Much like a Bollywood movie, the director is not the star. That's true. So, but the directors are clearly a huge part of the stuff oh. that made that happen. Who directed The Lion King? And I don't, I just, I'm realizing I don't actually know that. It doesn't matter. And who's, do you know... Whereas with the new Pixar movies, it's a Lasseter film, it's a Pete Doctor movie, and you can tell um, who's the guy who did The Incredibles, Brad Bird. You could tell straight away, two seconds into a Brad Bird movie, actually a Brad Bird movie. But these movies were deliberately Disney, and yet they work better than this movie, which has a big brand name director like Guy Ritchie who brings nothing to it. So John Favreau's directing The New Lion King. Did you like The Jungle Book? Uh... The most CGI, that's an animated movie. Yeah, I don't think I, like, I liked it, but nothing great. I don't remember much of it. I mean, the original Lion King. Wait, let me. (laughs) You're interrupting me. The original Lion King is uh, director Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. So it almost, it feels like there's always. Who are these guys? Collaborative, yeah, so it's the kind of multiple directors. um, But I mean. Allers and Minkoff, who are they? I've never heard of these people. But it's a valid point where it was never about the director. Or the writers. Yeah, it was a holistic kind of Disney. So there is a tradition here of making a movie that doesn't have a director that stands out. But, I mean... Why does it work in the 90s? Why doesn't it work? I'm going to say it's because animation can do things live action cannot. Of course, yeah. And and which is my point about Aladdin. That's what Disney is good at, is making those little bits of character. And, and creating these, you know, these worlds and these, uh, ima- you know, your imagination can go into so many areas with animation, right? Versus live action, regardless of how much CGI, because honestly, the CGI in the new Aladdin is really so not it's impressive. It's pretty third it's rate. Poor, it's like poor man's CGI at this point, considering the amount of movies, you know, where CGI has developed. They have no excuse. There is no excuse, considering the money behind it, the, you know, the brand little, behind it. You know, there's a, there's a little grace notes, like... Whenever you watch Aladdin, you can see the tassels moving on all the animated dancers or whatever. It's the little things. Like when you watch Ratatouille, you can see that Remy is pauses, runs around, puts a little bit of salt in, and then he does his things with his hands. And his little details. And his little uh, details. And those things are what make Remy come to life. I mean, look. With these actors, live flesh and blood people, 
are not as animated. No, but speaking of small details, like I was impressed the Arabic looked correct in the new Aladdin because usually it's like gobbledygook kind yeah, of Arabic. Actually legit Arabic <laughs> so yeah. it's probably, I'm not, okay, fine, they got that right, you know, when he, the big Something. scroll came out and, yeah. you know, the text. So I thought, oh, okay, those details are good, which fine, they would have no excuse not to get it right because they were working, mm. like a lot of the film was filmed mm. in Jordan, they had our Arab language team on board, but uh, it's just, I don't know, I was just really disappointed. And it's not like Aladdin... I'd be disappointed yeah. if you had no expectations. Well, because again, at the end of the day, regardless of what expectations, high or low, that I go in, I'm always hoping to be, my mind will be changed, that there will be something that will delight You're me. You're an optimist. <laughs> well, when it comes You're to cinema... You're a hopeless I, optimist. With cinema, I try to be as much yeah, as I'm I can. I'm a hopeless pessimist. And I think when I am like blown away by something, it really blows me away. Like, I can't stop talking about it. So for me, it takes a lot to get me... So I'm kind of expected Aladdin to be... So I'm like, okay, fine, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great. But none of these movies strike me as being worth watching. If I really had to ask me what they were watching, I'm like, no. Watch the original. And watch, watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if it was like, pick pick one. It's only one film to see this week. And, you know, no... Go on Netflix. Aladdin's on Netflix. <laughs> if, yeah, for the people who only watch movies on Netflix. Can I also maybe talk about Aladdin's hair in the new movie? <laughs> this is slightly girlier portion of the podcast that I have to do, but what do you mean? What's up with his hair? It, I couldn't get my eyes off that hairline and his chemically straightened hair. <laughs> You know, Poor it was, Mina and, and and when I saw like interviews with Mina with his natural curly hair, like why didn't they just have naturally curly hair? Because you have to look for like the character. Well, and that's the problem. And this animated character is created maybe from a very Western centric kind of approach of what an Arab, you know, supposedly Arab character is in this movie in this supposedly Arab land called Agraba. <laughs> so I'm like, why again? So thinking of Guy Ritchie and how could this film had a chance to have been a more sassy film, a more you know, kind of a different take to the original and maybe to be linked to time of now, where it is maybe if it is multinational, it is multiracial. And, and there, I think there was so much think, opportunity yeah, to have done that with the really movie. Really rethink it, 100%. Really rethink it. Here's something. So when the Aladdin, again, I've seen this earlier before, when the Aladdin popped up on DVD for the first time, um, which was a few years ago, now about 10 years ago, the first time Disney started releasing these classics on DVD, um, there was sort of a reassessment by reviewers and artists and they were basically saying, well, Aladdin isn't that great. Oh, no. <laughs> People were like putting their cynic hat on like, well, Aladdin was okay, but we were kids. <laughs> I don't like that revisionism either. People are like, oh, you know, Lion King was all right, but Aladdin's really the lesser of the Disney renaissance. I'm like, baloney. Yeah, no, it's definitely not, you know, it's not a minor. It's definitely a So major people forget, Disney. you know. Yeah, I mean, but also true. people are like, oh, the animation doesn't look that great. I'm like, compared no. to what? Yeah, what is the comparison? Compared to here? in 92? What was there in 92? A grave of the Fireflies? Nobody's watching Grave of the Fireflies. They shouldn't be because it's very depressing. It's amazing. Which I, I've not actually seen that. So I have a huge gap with that. You should, I should but you shouldn't. It. No, which means it's, I should. You should. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's one of the best films I've ever seen, but it is unbelievably depressing. But it's an important film. Yeah, no, uh, it's on my list, and I'm waiting for the right time and the right place to see it. It's a Miyazaki movie that Miyazaki never made. But yeah, I think that's all I can possibly say about Aladdin. I've run out of good things to say, and I'll only be left with bad things if I continue. <laughs> 
I know. I, mean, I haven't even got to the music. No, no. I mean, like I said, the only reason I, I think I wanted us to have this chat and have it kind of recorded and whoever listens to it, thank you for listening, was I think this... I was just um, appalled, and maybe that's too aggressive of a word, but I, the amount oh, of... Outraged. <laughs> outraged, that's true. I was outraged at the amount of positive reviews where completely overlooking the quality of the film and just loving the film just for the sake of it oh it's representing Arabs and brown people and we're so happy and thank you Hollywood and and waiting for Hollywood to represent you know and that's what I it was really that probably added to the uh, annoyance of the movie I think I think people I'm I'm, I'm trying to excuse them but I don't understand them I think people don't necessarily have the vocabulary to say well it reminded me of how I felt when I was 12 so when they say Arabs they're like they're like they're just trying to provide reasons for why they liked it and how can you provide reasons for why you like something, you know, at the end of the day. Well, I mean, well... If, the not, reason, if, not, if not very articulate. <laughs> I can, obviously you can, but most people can't. Um, so they're like Arabs. And we're just happy to see Maybe Arabs represented in a, in a slightly more positive Will way compared Smith. to, you know, what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years you know, of all the Disney movies, this was the one that felt like sacrilege to me. And I mean, somewhat, because... Every other movie, you could remake Aladdin. You could uh, remake Lion King, The Mermaid, whatever. This is a Robin Williams movie. Exactly. And How dare people think that And Robin was a singular force. And Robin, done. for all of his flaws, and there were many, but Robin was unmistakable. It would be like remaking Mark and Mindy. It would be like remaking Goodwill Hunting with a young hip actor, you know, with Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> I mean, you can't yeah. do that. Like, Robin is so unmistakable... It was a fool's errand to even try. True. The fact that it isn't an outright disaster is enough to make me say, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that it's still semi-watchable, you know, after all of that. Because you're taking on Robin Williams in his prime. Good in his dumb Mrs. Doubtfire prime. That's true. And again, revisiting the animations, like, wow, this really holds up. Robin Williams, you know, the genius of Robin Williams and the delivery and the lines and the jokes. And, and it's true. No one will ever be able to replicate that or top it yeah. and and it's a shame with Will Smith who I again There's I have mixed feelings many bad choices over yeah and I have mixed feelings towards him I you know I'm not like a giant fan you know big fan of his but even this is like this you is didn't just, like bad boys I think I remember liking it I haven't seen it since it's it came on out so I need to <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm PR for Netflix at this point. I know, it's such a weird... Um, but it was just this whole, you know, his head and that CGI body. It was just really hard to be lost in this Because he's, he's a real person. You know, they resisted the temptation to make the genie look uh, like oh, Robin Williams. Oh. He doesn't really look like Robin Williams. No. He looks like the genie. No, and it's He's kind of a zealot type yeah, character. Yeah, I mean, no, that would So you're not reminded of Robin. Yeah, that would have been really more annoying to, to see no it's just uh, leave Robin Williams alone I know to me with Disney I, I know that it's the whole money factor thing they know people are going to come out and see it I just wish re, you know re-release these films restore them and reintroduce them to a new generation and as you said earlier kind of see the film the way it was shown you know in those glory days and yeah, it's I a think shame 100% I yeah. think why watch these pale shallow remakes which can only suffer in comparison. It would be like remaking Lawrence of Arabia. Speaking of Florence of Arabia, have you seen Queen of the Desert? 
kind of the Never female, heard of it. The female version of Florence of Arabia. Well, it's not the female version. It is based on a true story. Some of those elements would be difficult to cross over to the female <laughs> version. No, so this is Gertrude Bell. So it is based on a true character who traveled across Arabia. And she did cross paths with Lawrence of Arabia, because in this film, Ro- Lawrence of Arabia is Robert Pattinson. This film was directed by Werner Herzog. This movie is bad, but good bad. Like, I was laughing. Oh, I was so in shock at, at how Werner bad Herzog? it is. Werner Herzog? Really? Werner Herzog? Yes, it came Has out. Has he lost his way, old Werner? It was 2017. James Franco's in it. Um, James Franco? Nicole Kidman is... Doing what? He's... he's, he's Basically, they're like, uh, he's acting, I forgot who's character, but they're Brits in Iran. So they're reading Persian. Oh, I can see James Franco in period drag doing James Franco. But, he does period drag really but, well. I mean, the details in this movie are so appallingly bad. So remember how I talked about how they got the, Remember how I said they got the Arabic correct in Aladdin? Not like, so much. The Persian of... was not correct in <laughs> Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Uh, and this is just one of many faults in this film. So you don't recommend Queen of the Desert? Only if you want to... It's a long uh, night. ...laugh at it. It is, it's laughable. Um, but just watch it for the fact that it's Nicole Kidman and ja- James Franco and Robert Pattinson in it. Those and are good reasons. Werner Herzog. Those are good reasons. Like, I want to see young actors tackle these things. You know what? I'm quite happy to have an Aladdin which was completely different. I was... I again, Change everything. Change the songs. Revamp it and maybe Stupid. make it... A, take a make, risk. Take, uh, move it to contemporary times. Like, what would Aladdin be like in a... Maybe you New know, York pushcart, you know? I know, urban Aladdin. I don't know. Yeah, but why not? I mean, remember Enchanted from a few years ago? Yes. The one with the, uh, James Marsden? I don't uh, think I watched Amy it. Adams, a transposing of sort of the Maleficent myth to New York. It's got a fun, bunch of fun. I mean, check that out. But that was Disney taking chances. Like, remake anything. Like, just don't. Like, do what you did with Mad Max, which is rewrite, change, upend, do whatever. Otherwise, why do it? Why do it? It's all for the money into sham. But, well, we'll end it on that. All about the money. <laughs> <laughs> all about the money. Great song by Maya in 1999. Well, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Maybe we'll try to do a few more of these. Yes, on, if people uh, enjoy it, I'm more than happy to come back. Well, as long as we both enjoy having this chat. I also enjoy it very much. It's an absolute pleasure. So, yeah, thank you so much for making time. And uh, we'll be on the lookout for other movies that we can sit together and talk about and record. Some good for ones. The podcast. Yeah, we'll try, we'll try to find something that we both absolutely love. And... More hopeful, but... <laughs> no, we'll, I'm sure there's something out there. Yeah. So, thank you again for joining. And uh, until next time. Thank you for listening. And for more discussions about film, art, and culture, please follow Tea with Culture on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, or any other podcast app you're using. Subscribe to us, leave a comment, leave a rating. We'd really like to hear from you. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to end this episode with the song Arabian Nights, but not from the new Aladdin. Uh, It's from the animated version. And uh, until next time. Fall and fall hard out there on the dunes.